This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmbaCast, everyone. This week, we're going to have a conversation with two of our Amva team members who are quite familiar faces among the Amva community. It's our two regional directors. So I'm pleased to welcome to this episode, Patrice Osmo and Julie Knittel. Patrice is our Region 1 and 2 director, and Julie is Regions 3 and 4. Uh, Patrice, this is your first appearance on Anvacast, so welcome. And uh, Julie, welcome back. Thank you. So I've asked you both to come on to talk a little bit in general about what what you do in your role and how we support members, uh, in large part because there may be some folks listening who just don't know and know how to take advantage. Uh, But I want to start with something more more specific that really gave... um, the producers here, the reason why, which is now that travel is starting to return on a more regular basis, one of the activities that we are getting back into doing is what we refer to as a jurisdiction visit. Um, And both of you have had the opportunity to do that recently. And I really want to start with kind of those stories and that experience, um, because I think there's a lot of folks listening who, one, don't necessarily know that we do these. Um, and two, what makes that engagement with the members so different than what we traditionally think of in terms of members getting together, which is in large part conferences, committees, working groups, whether that's virtual or in person. This really is something special and different that that we do. Um, so let me let me start with Patrice, because she was the one who just got back from one this um, most recently. Uh, Patrice went out to visit Oklahoma, and I might ask you specifically about some things from Oklahoma, but Patrice, why don't you just talk generally about this phrase, jurisdiction visit, that I just threw out there that other folks may not even know what it is. Sure. Thanks, Ian. So jurisdiction visits are an opportunity for AMVA to come out to the membership. We have lots of events at AMVA where we invite our members to attend, but they can obviously only send so many people, they still have to run their operations. Mm -hmm. So when the regional directors and or our CEO and or our colleagues join us uh, on these jurisdiction visits, um, it gives us the opportunity to reach a much larger member base within a single jurisdiction. Um, and that um, can look different for different jurisdictions, depending on how the jurisdiction is set up. For instance, using Oklahoma as the example, they had they have three different agencies doing three different functions within the jurisdiction. So meeting with all three agencies versus a single DMV in that particular case takes a little more time and a little more coordination on the front end. But in the end, it's not only good for AMVA and that particular agency, but just the interagency interaction with AMVA is Mm -hmm. often very, very helpful. So let's talk about kind of just the the standard format to the degree there is a standard. When you start to plan these jurisdiction visits, what's the menu you have that says, I want to meet with, I want to try to set up meetings with these groups? Are you going in and meeting with, you're not meeting with all the employees of the agencies. So what's the 
who is it you're trying to see when you go in to these different agencies? So I'll continue on with that one. Um, so initially I reach out to the executive team um, to ask for the time on their calendar. Um, and I give them a, a couple of stated goals up front. Um, and we work on an agenda from there. So my stated goals really are that I want to come in and make sure that they understand how their agency is using AMBA. We have new reports that we take out on our visits called jurisdiction engagement reports. These are helpful for the executives to see what their staff is doing as far as working groups, committees, you know, um, attendance at our events, how often they're hitting up our website. It's also helpful for them to take to their legislatures when they're when, to their legislators when they ask, you know, what are what is AMVA giving us? It gives them a full view of exactly what how they're interacting with their association, and it also gives us the opportunity to point out areas where they may want to become more involved. So, so that's one goal. The second goal is to um, really provide them with. An overview. We do AMBA. Yeah, we do that. Sometimes we do it once. Sometimes we do it multiple times. It depends on the agencies, audiences, and again, the makeup of the jurisdiction. But that usually takes a, a half a day if, if it's interactive, like we like it to be, where we're talking about what AMBA brings and they're talking about how it can be useful or, or how they might imagine using a particular resource. Then, then the second part of the visit with any one agency is typically for me, a, a now I be quiet and I listen, because what I want to know is what pain points, what challenges, what successes, what solutions that they may have implemented that, that they have going on within their jurisdiction. This then helps us when we're working with sister jurisdictions who say, hey, do you know anybody that's doing X or Y? It allows us the opportunity to carry that message forward. It also gives us a broader look at, at how things are being rolled out, like MDLs, as a for instance, um, you know, state by state, everybody's doing it different, jurisdiction by jurisdiction, everybody's doing it differently. So it gives us a view there. And then typically when we, when we leave those, we have long lists of follow-up items to get resources back, to connect people, to um, bring other um, other people into that conversation. Um, so, it, and, and sometimes we end up meeting just with the execs, but often it's a much larger audience. We we like to say to them, put us in a in a auditorium and put all your staff in there because they're all members of AMP. Mm -hmm. And so, Julie, you actually had a different experience related to that concept in your recent visit with Iowa. It was sort of uh, one of the first time we've actually had this with the jurisdiction visit in terms of a new way to get some of that information to some of the team in, in this case, the Iowa DMV, but in a jurisdiction that maybe wouldn't be able to be in the room. Tell us a little bit about that experience you had. Sure. So, um, there was a team of us that went to visit Iowa, and while the other team members were visiting with a subset of the DMV staff on specific topics, I was conducting AMBA, Yeah, We Do That, and I had a headquarters group of folks, and then I had multiple sessions with field staff, and Iowa had set up the capability for the field staff to join any one of the 
virtual sessions. And so we had a live um, Anva, yeah, we do that with field staff. And and then we had separate subject matter topics as well. So in that mm-hmm. one visit, uh, we were there um, about a day and a half and we had touched over 80 people mm. while we were there. And to Patrice's point, it's a, an example of where only so many people can go to a conference or could be on a working group or could be on a committee, yet so many of our resources are available online or through other mechanisms that these members can be using. So what's what's the reaction you get when you, whether it's the folks in person that haven't had the opportunity to go to a meeting, or in your case, Julie, the field staff that weren't even in the room with you, um, what's the reaction, what's the follow-up you get from those kind of groups? Well, the the... We get lots of questions, um, and the follow-up is, when can you come back and do this again? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, it's, they, even at a, when they're attending a conference or another AMVA event, a work group meeting um, or a committee meeting, you don't get that quality time. You might get five minutes here Mm -hmm. and there in passing, and so to get a full day or hours, uh, large chunks of hours at a time to meet with either the DMV and their staff or the highway patrol and their staff. Um, or now going forward, we'll begin rolling in the um, state's highway safety office hmm. when when it makes sense. You, you just won't get those opportunities like we do when we are actually on site. So the follow-up we get are um, things like, when can you come back? <laughs> of course. Um, when is the next opening on a work group meeting or mm. what best practices, you know, are coming? How do I get my input sent forward for best practices? And um, who can I reach? I always leave with a big list of to do's and it's, yeah. you know, send a contact from this state and a subject matter expert from this other jurisdiction um, or connecting with our internal AMVA staff, having follow up say from our IT division to contact a CIO in a jurisdiction or their point for um, Invitus or some other AMBA system. So the to-dos are, they're varied, but quite extensive, but all really, really good. Patrice, you mentioned that the whole section of where you try to stop talking and listen and hear what's on their mind and what are their pain points. Um, Thematically, what what are you hearing out there in terms of, uh, obviously, you might hear something they need or they're working on that we have something and say, okay, that's my follow-up list. I'm going to get you this best practice I didn't mention earlier, but now I know you're working on this. I imagine, though, in that listening, we start to hear things that maybe hadn't hit our radar before or that's unique to that particular jurisdiction. Some examples of that you might be able to share? I think... Generally, you would find that most of what they identify today as pain points aren't aren't unique. They're, you know, staffing shortages, recruitment issues, um, you know, how am I going to implement ELDT? You know, there's any number of of, um, issues that they might bring forward. Um, As far as unique, that lends more towards whatever programs they're working on. So again, using Oklahoma as an example, 
when I recently met with them, they have legislation that's been passed that requires that they implement ELT, electronic lien transfers, by July 1. So that's a that's a big priority for them right now. They're really honing down on that. Um, and as soon as that's done, they want to look at what it would take to um, modernize and upgrade their NVIDIA status, which is currently they're, they're um, updating by batch and they want to do that real time. So that's kind of their thought. So it's nice. I, I could take that back to our NVIDIA's team who hadn't heard that word yet, right? It's not that Oklahoma's working on getting them that word. It's and. There are other things that could come up along the way that derail that priority, but at least they've shared their priorities for the year so that from a resource perspective on our side, we're aware of that. Um, they also will talk about, you know, challenges they have with um, understanding how certain things are done um, within ANVA and so helping them to get a clearer understanding of how we do things and why we do things is always very healthy as well. What about you, Julie? Anything different that you've picked up along the way in those conversations as we open our ears and listen to what members are tackling? Um, so I think there are a couple of topics that have come up that have been um, a little bit different from the more universal ones. Mm -hmm. um, the street racing and seems to be one that's popping up, but it's not universal. It's not something we hear, you know, on every jurisdiction visit, the um, sort of that underground culture that exists with that. Um, and do you hear that? Let me, let me jump in. Is that something you hear more from, say, our um, highway safety law enforcement partners than the DMV side, or is it a universal topic that's hitting their radars on both sides? It, it's a conversation that's happening on both sides, but I would say predominantly on the highway patrol side, yeah. on the DMV jurisdiction side, where it's coming into play is uh, around conversation that has to do with legislation and driving uh, records for okay. these youth who are being caught um, doing this activity. And mm. so, because it is a, you know, they're blocking large intersections and, you know, people have died and people have been seriously injured and um, there's excessive speed. And, you know, it's just a, a mix mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. activities that both sides of the, the issue have yeah. kept an eye on and talked about. Chris, did you want to say something about that? Uh, no, I was just going to say, you know, one of the unique things that does come up occasionally is when there are changes planned within a jurisdiction. Uh, for instance, let's say legislation drops that says we're going to combine these functions and these functions under a new agency. And so that is a unique thing that comes up jurisdiction by jurisdiction and may may come upon um, may come upon us when we, you know, get in person for, for a jurisdiction visit. Um, and it's kind of, um, <clears throat> usual for the jurisdictions to ask, what is the best model? And, it, you know, and in that case, of course, you know, uh, there are 69 different models because there are 69 different members. I don't know that there is an ideal model, uh, but that's typically the question we get. And often, you know, as legislatures look at how to do their business, 
Uh, they look at their internal agencies and try to make decisions on what they want to do and how they want to do it. Um, but um, that is something very unique that may come up in, in jurisdiction visits and does come up, you know, occasionally. And, and Ian, I would add, there was, I, I think, a great example that came up, um, especially right before going into COVID and in the pandemic timeframe. And that was the concept of a virtual lobby or virtual office, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it started out as a unique concept in one jurisdiction, which then spread very quickly once, you know, we were able to share that information and chief administrators started talking to each other. And mm -hmm. so I think that that is one benefit when we are on these visits, we can see these best practices um, and, gather the information and then be able to share it. And then, you know, it takes off on its own. It kind of has a life of its own at that point. Talk to me more about that piece you just said there about being able to see it in practice. So much of our information sharing at AMVA is focused around, you know, the, the network we have of people, of information, of connectivity, presentations at educational sessions, conferences, the difference, though, of being able to sit in a hotel ballroom and learn about something, contrast that with when you go in and visit and seeing it in practice. Tell me, tell me what you learn that's different in person versus when you know we're sharing this information through other other mechanisms. Well, for me, uh, while I'm taking the tour, I usually ask if I can. Um, get behind the counter. So seeing a lobby, seeing the customer flow coming into a lobby, how they handle appointments, getting behind the counter, looking at how they're entering data, the types of systems they're using, um, if how the field staff come in and are they uploading information? Is it real time? Um, if you're out at a CDL test site, what kinds of equipment are they using there? How are they conducting their uh, flow of customers and testing um, in a vehicle office? Is it, you know, the DMV and how are they issuing? Or is it a county office, mm. for example, or even a sheriff's office in some jurisdictions? So to, to sort of see it, touch it, feel it, live it, is substantially different than just hearing about a process and being able to add into that the look of the lobby, the lines out the door or lack of lines out the door or kiosks of, that are available. Um, all of that paints a much more complete picture when you hear about uh, a particular way that mm -hmm. a jurisdiction is handling something because there's so many more other pieces that you just pick up on. Sure. And Patrice, I would imagine that further helps you refine where are things uh, similar across jurisdictions and where really there are nuances and differences. Right. It very much does. You know, I do the same thing as Julie. Um, when I'm, when I'm in a jurisdiction, I like tours to see operationally how things are running. Um, and it, it really allows you to see how starkly different the 69 different ways of doing business mm -hmm. and getting to the same end product are. That's, that's very eye-opening right there. 
Um, but it also allows you to see cool things that they've done. They're, they're, you know, our members are just so wonderfully open. They'll share things that, that are not happen, doing so well and why and those mm-hmm. lessons learned. So that's always um, helpful as well. And in those situations where it is unique, like, for instance, I went on a jurisdiction visit in Region 1 where um, the DMV sits under the DOT, but they actually handle the safety inspections for the state. So uh, seeing how that's run out of the DMV was interesting and unique to that particular jurisdiction. So, you know, each jurisdiction has its nuances and its different ways of doing things. So it's so um, it's just a really it's good for us to have that understanding of how how you can do things so radically different and get the same end product. And. You mentioned earlier, Patrice, that, you know, you go in and you talk to the different agencies and then sometimes there's some intra-agency coordination that, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, many of these agencies are talking to each other all the time anyway. Um, sometimes they may not realize that they're all AMVA members at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how does our jurisdiction visit help our members with their own intra-agency coordination? So I think in, in, in some ways, um, in some cases, we have actually uh, served as the broker to introduce people. I've been in jurisdictions where I've introduced the commissioner and the colonel. Uh, they they had not had the opportunity to meet or hadn't had the need to meet. Uh, so in some cases, we're actually introducing them to each other. I mean, in other cases, the, the synergy is already there. And when it is, like in Oklahoma, they had a great synergy between their three. So I took the opportunity to try to get all three together in the same room. And man, what a great team they are. I mean, it's just fabulous how they work together, despite the fact that they have very different functions in mm-hmm. each agency. Julie, anything anything else on that intra-agency piece that, that you've picked up over the, the years of doing these jurisdiction visits? So I think the only thing I would add is um, many times I will invite uh, one chief administrator to go with me to visit the other. Um, And I always offer to take them to lunch. And it's the colonel and the director and any of their executive staff that are able to join us. And I have found that Um, The benefit from that is they're able to connect on a more personal level, which then makes it obviously easier going forward. And um, those have been some of the best outcomes is just that hour of having lunch. And it always is talking about business in some fashion or another, but it's just a different atmosphere and a more relaxed sort of conversation. And the the relationships that have been built have been fabulous. So we have 69 jurisdictions and two of you. These jurisdiction visits are but one of many things that you do for our members all year long. Uh, Getting them information, connecting them with each other, supporting regional boards, regional conferences, working groups, etc. So, you know, how people are going to listen to this podcast and everybody's going to want you to come visit them. Uh, how many of these are you able to do in a year? I imagine not not so many, considering you know what it, what it takes to put it together, to get there, coordinate schedules. How does that actually work? So 
the the regions the way they're split is fairly even. I think um, I have thirty five jurisdictions in region one and two, and I think Julie has thirty. 30, so I have 34, Julie has 35 uh, jurisdictions it combined in the two regions. Um, and so the original goal years ago was to really uh, focus on trying to get out to at least a third of the region a year so that every three years we'd be back to our start. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were working towards that goal pre-pandemic. Um, the interesting phenomenon that has happened with the pandemic is a couple of things. So first is we had a job and then the pandemic hit and our job evolved into something new. Uh, It became a much more virtual support of our members than it had been in the past, which is a a good thing in some ways because we are now reaching and, and working with many more members than we did previous to the to the pandemic however now so we had a job we gained a job and now the two are combining so it's pretty hectic schedule right now and we are trying to get back to a schedule with our jurisdiction visits such that we can at least we've had a lot of turnover in the last Mm -hmm. two years at the executive level so we want to get into those jurisdictions that have new uh, new administrations in place. Um, and we have a lot of jurisdictions that want to see us because they haven't seen us in two years or better, depending mm-hmm. on where they were in that cyclical, um, in that cycle previously. So I think, um, you know, we're trying to schedule them as we can, but the workload appears to have doubled currently. So we are taking, peeling off those um, that really do have new administrations where they don't know anything about AMBA. Um, and or those that, you know, may have some really major issue that they need AMBA on site for. Yeah. So we're, we're, I don't expect a third of the region is going to be um, visited this year of the regions will be visited this year or even next. Uh, but, you know, we continue to evaluate and, and work with our management team on what's needed for um, moving forward and resources to ensure that we're giving the members what they need and what they want. But I guess most importantly, the good news is, you know, we're able to do it again after, you know, a year and a half of everybody not really being able to travel or accept visitors. That's true. And and I would add to that the other um, the other piece is, you know, during the pandemic, many, if not all of our jurisdictions started operating in very different ways. They also you know, morphed and grew to serve their customer populations um, in a very difficult time. And so what we knew as to be sort of how a jurisdiction operated and functioned two years ago is not the same. So Mm. um, in addition to all the things Patrice said about new administration and, um, and those that really are requesting our assistance, there's also this aspect or layer, if you will, of we know there are jurisdictions doing things completely different. And I can't wait to Mm. try and somehow find a way to get there to visit them because I know all of that information will not only become our new base, the base knowledge, if you will, Mm. but there's going to be so many things that we 
have to see it to actually know that it's occurring and be able to um, effectively describe it and talk about it and share it with other jurisdictions. And so um, I'm looking forward to that, but it, it will be a challenge to layer that in with sure. everything else. Absolutely. Well, I have a feeling your inbox is about to ping, ping, ping when people hear this. And so I want to get on that list, get me on, on your schedule, but that's a, that's an exciting challenge to have. Um, before I let you both go, one of the things we like to do sometimes is talk to our, our guests about a little bit of their, their background. And I'm not going to necessarily interview you both extensively right now, but I do want to point out, and I know, you know, she always laughs when I introduce her like this, but the fact is, and more people should know this, that Patrice, you are currently the um, longest serving AMVA staff person in the organization. Yes, sir. How many years have you been with Amber? But they tell me. <laughs> um, I, I will celebrate 31 years at Amber on, on um, April 1st. That's exciting. So, yeah, it is very exciting. And what a what a tremendously rewarding career this has been. Uh, my entire career has been at Amber. When I got out of school, I went to work for the federal government for a very short stint, and then I went to private sector for a very short stint, and then the AMBA opportunity came up. Um, and so I've I've enjoyed a very um, I've enjoyed such a good career here with AMBA. AMBA is a great place to work, and I still believe wholeheartedly in the mission of the members and the mission of us as an association. So I, my, my every hope is to retire from here at some point, not anytime too soon, but. <laughs> Nobody's asking for a date. It's okay. <laughs> well, and I would say the only other thing I would uh, ask you to talk quickly about, and because I think it relates back to your role as regional director and the fact when you do these jurisdiction visits is in those 31 years, um, you have worked in almost every corner of the organization. Yep, kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> um, yes, I um, <clears throat> I actually started out in the programmatic area, working for motor carrier services, handling all of the IRP ballots mm. um, before IRP was its own organization. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started out with AMVA doing that, and then AMVANET was um, stood up, and I went to the AMVANET help desk and began helping jurisdictions on board with the problem driver pointer system, and that was in the early 90s. Um, and from there, I got quite passionate about the network services and the connectivity, and I went to uh, system engineering college and got certified to tackle all of our wide area network concerns. And I ran the network services on the IT side of the house for about 10 years uh, before our CEO said, you know, you know a lot about Amber products and services. What do you think about joining the executive team? So I became a vice president at Amber over products and services, and that included all of our IT and our programmatic products and services. And played that role until this um, regional director position came up. And when it came up, um, as you know, Ian, I, I jumped right on it, said, I want this job. Uh, for me, being out in the field with the members is the most coveted role in the organization. That's for me personally. It may not be for everybody, 
but um, I, I get so much energy from visiting with our members who have so much energy and passion for the work that they do. I, the jurisdiction visits are probably my favorite part of the job because I like being out there, seeing how people are working so hard toward the greater good. Um, so, and to be a resource to them is just a privilege as far as I'm concerned. So thank you. Well, that's just a lovely note to wrap it up on. You've brought us full circle and I, and I appreciate it. And for, so thank you both for joining us to chat a little bit about this little slice of life. And, um, I will await your calls of complaints back to me to say, now everybody wants us to visit. What did you do? We're just going to schedule you, Ian. <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy to go and do some of these. That'd be a blast. Well, thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to Patrice and Julie for joining us. And thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Until next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.